Welcome to the Evening Show. I'm Rob Jelly. That's producer Adam. And I've got some new friends with me tonight to have a chat about the future of DJing. Dips Mystery, Amy Lauren and Tyler T. All with us hanging out to have a little gym way. Guys, how are we all doing? Thank you so much for joining the show. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank Hello. you so all much. Good, thank you. It's really great to have you all on the show tonight. Thanks so much. Are you all keeping okay? Is everyone healthy and well? Amy? All good. Yes, all good this then. Thank you. Hope awesome. you are too. Yeah, we are doing all right. Yeah, we're getting there. Dips, how's things? Everyone in your world all right? Yeah, day by day, just keep plugging away and just, yeah, get get that one day more closer to freedom. So, yeah, absolutely. Try to keep mentally sane. Yeah, and Tyler, you, everything okay in your world? Everyone in your world around you safe and happy and well? Oh, she's like, Adam, that's you, isn't it? That's you. Trick it, fall, fooling me into he does that to me all the time. Don't worry, it's not you, Ty. I have words of him after tight ten. Uh, is everything all right in your world, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, no, all good. I'm just excited. I'm yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. It's getting closer. That's exactly the impression I got when I was chatting with Jess earlier this afternoon, and, and and even just chatting with yourselves briefly before we've come on. And you know, there is a buzz. Uh, it's it's a, something you can't really quantify with words and energy. Um, you know about about the scene about the whole thing you know DJing and and such and I used the phrase when I was talking to Jess earlier you know you're like conductors of dance Uh, I love that I've always been convinced that you are because when you when you say dance and when I say you say it like when you hit the right track and you play the right you know you get everything mixed in together you're in control of people's bodies you literally make people dance based on the, what you do so i mean just to get a bit of a feel for how you all got into being djs who was it because i'm convinced it's people that do this who was it that got you into the world of djing tyler who was it for you um you know what i started it was more to do with the people i was around rather than a big deal i've always loved house music deeply but me and my cousin and her boyfriend at the time we just started playing around with like silly little bits, playing around with our favourite tracks, and it just sort of took off from there. And now it's eight years later. <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah, and now I'm still doing it somehow. <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Dips, what about for you? Was there a person specifically that kind of inspired? Oh, yeah. Um, since I was about five, six, it was my dad and his record collection, cassette collection. So he had like all like the early Strictly Rhythm classics or the Chicago, New York imports. So every day I'd had music around me. Yeah. Whether it's house, dance to rock or all sorts, but dancing house is something that literally, you know, went through the house, heard it all the time, and it just yeah, since then it's just always been there. So massive, massive influence. And I remember it was always. I remember it was a, it was Sunday night, so I'd, I was like going to reception the next day, um, and I, I hated that feeling because I was like dancing around in the room, and um, and then when the music turned off, I'll just cry. I was like, oh no, I've got school tomorrow. No, I won't turn it back on, turn it back on. It's it is an emotional thing. It's I've I've said it a few times, but just artists in general about getting back onto stages and being in front of audiences again. There is going to be an enormously heightened sense of emotion, people being happy, like euphoric. Actually, I'm going to use that word that about being able to be with others for the same common cause of just having fun and enjoying themselves with with great music playing as well. Amy, who was, who was the person for you then that maybe set the ball in motion? No person. Um, I used to, I started as a glass collector in a bar. <laughs> and um, yeah, I fell in love with house music, obviously seeing how our resident DJs, like you said, would conduct the dance floor and how it could make how it made people feel and I obviously felt it too so yeah it was from working in a bar collecting glasses and that just 
shuffling round round people. Loved it. But I'm, willing, I'm, <laughs> but I'm willing to put money on the fact that you can probably remember a particular night, even if maybe a song that came on and the hairs stand up on the back of your neck, and you realise how what impact that is having on the room. It's. I mean, Tips is nodding away because anti. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You just hit that right track that no one's expecting, and the room just elevates from what you think was max to like goes up another notch. Come on, Amy, you must remember back to when that happened. Do you know what? It's probably like when like Deep House become like mainstream. Oh, like you're putting me on the spot now. I'd have to open record box, find, find <laughs> a track, to nail it down to one track is a really horrible thing to ask for well, ask me anyway. As... But it was, yeah, it was when all that stuff kind of came mainstream and like I'd never heard it before. Like I, I got into DJing and like house late, like, you know, wasn't inspired by any, no one in my family is like musicians or anything. So, you know, it was just kind of like, I was like, what is this sound? And the way it made me feel and obviously how it makes other people feel as well. <laughs> like, yeah. That was it. I was one over. <laughs> and just between the three of you alone, you've all found, you know, your own route into the same world of, of DJing, you know, and, and bringing this, this night of entertainment to people. Uh, and it's a much bigger thing as well, you know, than just the records nowadays. It is all about putting a show on. So it is about the visuals that come with these sorts of things now and the lights and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, to use one example that just, Straight off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Dead Mouse because he's just got the massive, great big electronic head. Um, but you know, it's all about that. It's the show. It's the show. Uh, what's some? Yeah, show it, yeah, it's the showmanship. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Tyler. Um, <laughs> when I'm off on holiday next, you can cover for me. You clearly know what I'm doing better than I do. Um, but I was talking as well about the technical thing because. Having done a little bit of mobile DJ myself in the past, right, I've got a little. Well, I like to think I have a big appreciation for the technical difficulty in in being that good, being at the top of the game. Um, so, for you, what is the what are the hardest parts of being a DJ? Because we all, yeah, you know, we're dancing away, we're looking up at the booth, we see you doing your thing, and you're listening to something else that we're not listening to yet. And obviously, you're getting the next record ready. Yeah, I think we're all au fait enough on that. But for you individually, what's the kind of the trickiest part, technically speaking? of being a good DJ. Amy? Um, kind of technical, but kind of not technical. It's kind of like, you know, when you can see that maybe something isn't working and yeah. it's finding the right vibe to change it to. For me, like in my head, technically, I think that's the hardest part of my job because you can press play and you can mix things in and you can be as creative as you want. But if the crowd isn't interested in what you're playing, it doesn't matter. So it's by, it's being technically minded to think quick enough to I need to switch out of this and find what what's what's going to get it moving again because yeah. if you just went hard house for an hour it's boring you've got to take people on a journey in your set whether you're DJing for an hour half an hour or 10 hours like which I've done like it's it's all about keeping that mood and keeping it interesting so for me technically that's the hardest part is keeping people with you kind of read, on a level. Reading, reading the audience, I guess, isn't it? Like trying to trying yeah. to read people's minds. Like, ah, this doesn't feel like it's kind of hitting the right tone, right? Because ultimately, you have all this like catalogue of music in your head, and you know what songs work really well with other songs because either they they all already match with the key or the beats are you know the speed's about the same. So you kind of think, well, that one works really well into this one anyway. Naturally, the the kind of end of that track works really well with the start of this track, or there's a nice part of that one. But you might put it on and then kind of feel like, yeah, the room's not feeling this. 
Oh, definitely. Timing idiots. is everything. They're it's all, all about timing. <laughs> you can play the bank, biggest banger ever, but if you time it wrong, no one's interested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one's interested. Which is why I keep telling all the drunk people to come up to me whenever I used to do it. I put living on a prayer on at the end of the night. You don't start the night with living on a prayer. Where'd you go from there? Crying out loud. Uh, dips, for you, on a technical level, you know, it is such an art form and it's such a skill to be good at DJing. What, for you, is the kind of the hardest part? For me, when I started, it was um, the hardest thing was me. If I had a set uh, crate of, let's say, 10 tracks, um, I'd find that hard because I'm restricting myself to only playing them tracks and then uh, restricting myself on the qualities of how to transition one to the other. Um, so for me, um, the trickiest was like having, if someone said, oh, um, I want you to put 10 tracks together and um, put it through I'll find it a lot more difficult if it was like um if it was like an improvised set then for me that was kind of like that's how I kind of found it in my head yeah a lot easier to go around it so when it was like if it was like like 10 uh like 10 tracks that were chosen and I had to only use them for me it was like okay well this is kind of like restricting me in my head what yeah, can I do yeah, yeah. So actually, for for you living in that moment again, I think it almost touches a little bit what like Amy was saying about that room, reading the room sort of thing. Is that you can put yeah. a track on, and in your head you've already already got an idea what track you might want to go to next. But actually, you kind of feel like, ah, do you know what the room the room really feels like? It needs more, or it needs actually a bit less. So actually, I'm going to change that song, and I want to be able to improvise in that moment, feel the room, improvise, and go for another choice, as yeah. opposed to being sort of restricted to sort of playing a set of songs. Yeah. That's right. So a lot of the way that I've kind of gone about it is I would know the sort of tracks I'm going to play and mm. I would create like sub sub uh, folders and stuff. But even then, it's like keep it open ended. And, yeah. you know, if, if it's because that's the thing, it's like, as you said, conductors of dance. So it's a narrative. Sometimes a narrative goes on a tangent and it's up to you to kind of weave it back and forth to how it's been affected on the dance floor or whatever environment you're in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'd, I'd never even given that sort of process a, you know, a, a consideration, really, when you think about whether it be a music, a band, like a musician, like live musician, or in a DJ sense, like you know, taking that audience on a journey. Like, you know, I'm thinking of some like the really high energy sort of I don't know, rock bands or something. You can go like heavy rock, heavy rock, heavy rock, heavy rock. Actually, do you know what we need? We need a slow ballad here. I'm, I'm mm. just thinking, I know we've got Biffy on the show tonight. Not actually on the show. That would be... That'd be outrageous, wouldn't it? But you know what I mean? Like they've got some of the slower sort of tracks and you'd think, well, they can come out, give you four absolute sort of fast paced monster tracks in your face and then sort of go, right, whew, let's take it down a notch. Let's let's compose ourselves and have a sing along type thing. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand that. Tyler, you kind of nodded along a little bit. Um, that restriction, same thought of thing for you. I mean, is that something you find technically difficult to do when you're DJing or is there something else? What's great is with like record bots and USBs, like you can create loads of playlists, put them in the same sort of genres. So like you said, being able to sort of meander through all your different tracks and not be so set in stone. But for me, I'd say like the bit where I get to in my head and I get a bit like <gasps> panicky is when you're doing a build up and there's a lot going on. You might have a loop on, you've got effects on, you've got to get the timing just right. 
and the pressure you're like don't mess this up but it can be a lot sometimes and then when it works well it's great and it is worth it but yeah that pressure at that time I'd say that's where I feel like technically I'm like I've got to be on point and if it goes wrong every, everyone knows because they were waiting for that moment and you missed it <laughs> but, it's a, but that again goes back to the whole thing of being a performance isn't it you are performing in that moment it's not like you've sat down in like for hours at home beforehand turned up stuck a usb stick on press play and then you just stand there giving it arms in the air you know and all that because you are performing the, the you know the skill of djing it in that moment and Again, it just goes back to that feeling. That's what I think, you know, if you've been to a gig ever, full stop, you'll understand that when you're in that room with all those other people, all for that same reason, that same cause, you get that feeling. You understand sort of what I'm talking about. And and if you have missed that even for one minute in the last year, go and get a ticket for something. You might not be into DJ music and such like that. Blues and, you know, classical something might be your bag. You might be more into your singer-songwriters, your indie rock or something like that. Whatever it might be. You might not even want music. You might want spoken word, poetry or theatre. But, you know, being in that room, being in that space at the same time is just something that I don't think you can quantify at times. Because we were briefly chatting before we came on air about the... Please no more virtual sets. Um, I think that's a I think that's a universally agreed thing. We've all loved the fact we could do it and at least stay mildly match fit for the uh, for the return. But we want to get back into venues, back in front of audiences, and playing again. Uh, one more quick one before we get um, what I would consider to be my choice of track if I was DJing, and I use the word if very very. Uh, cautiously there if i was to do this um i think i have my opening track lined up for you in a second do you practice at home on your own do you kind of just plug your headphones in and have a practice is that like a, like a guitarist or a pianist or a singer tired are you you've not oh, yeah. definitely you've got to practice your craft otherwise i think you you can learn so much when you're by yourself and also you don't have to be perfect so you can play about with different techniques and things that you wouldn't feel bold enough to just do in the club in front of mm. people time after time you'll find oh it messes up but you find that little niche of how you do it and then you go okay I'll incorporate that but definitely practice at home before you play out people <laughs> yeah it becomes your thing as well I guess you find your thing like whether it be a, a particular filter you apply to a track and what you know in and out of a certain song or whatever or maybe you find a combination of two songs which on paper look like they shouldn't work but you kind of mix them in your own headphones at home you're like damn that is sweet I am, I am dropping that <laughs> and I'm telling nobody about it. Uh, Dips, are you, do you practice indoors? Yeah, I think it's as we discussed before, it's the, the idea of being a showman, right? So yeah. it's like we've, we've all got our own styles and you know, we've got to kind of polish that up all the time. I think a good excuse for that is when we get new records, you know, we've got to know what that track is top to bottom in our heads. We can kind of, you know, play that track different parts of the different sections of the track. So it's kind of like there's always an excuse to keep practicing, even if you can nail a set that you know you, you're coming up. There's always something you can do better. There's always something you think actually, hang on, I might go this way about it or that way about it. Actually, I might change the order. Or let me try this skill. Or and plus, with equipment now, it's endless. There's so much technology now that's helping us be more creative. Yeah, yeah, and it's evolving on a daily basis as well amy you you practicing at home the same way that dips and tyler are a hundred percent like at the end of the day when we're all on stages or when we're all in clubs we are still bedroom djs <laughs> we're always djing like at home 
Um, we have to practice somewhere. Um, some of us have lovely studios and some of us don't. Uh, but yeah, it, like like the others were saying, it's like you get new tracks and you're so excited to hear them and play them that you have to know them inside out to be able to play them at their best, if you like. So yeah, yeah always, always, literally, the house is always loud. The neighbours hate me. <laughs> Party time all the time, isn't it? What? How, how could you possibly complain? Look, here's the choices. You could be stuck next door to someone like Amy or stuck next to a nine-year-old learning the violin. That's you. I know what I'd choose. This track would be my opener if I was a DJ. So, yeah, it's, it, we're back. We're back to being out, going back to theatre soon enough, going and seeing live music and going back out and having a proper good dance, throwing all manner of illegal shapes on dance floors up and down the land and in fields. And I can't wait. Can't wait. And to chat about this this evening, Dippers Ministry, Amy Lauren, Tyler T have been with us. We caught up with Jess Bass a little earlier on. I do have one more guest along in just a jiffy to chat. Um, but I wanted to make sure that people knew, uh, guys, where they can find you on stage but also online so they can find out obviously all your dates that you've got coming up so uh amy um where's the best place to find you online and is there a date you've got in mind um i know you're sort of chelmsford uh, colchester Bay. sorry uh whereabouts are you playing so um you can catch me on all the socials i'm really lucky i've got the same handle for everything it's at dj amy lauren <laughs> so go give it a follow <laughs> um always I good when that works you know uh, I'm going to be a part of the racing league, actually, uh, which is like horse racing meets festival kind of vibes um, throughout the summer. So that'll be over six weeks. Um, I don't have all the dates on the top of my head. But if you look for it, you'll be able to DJ find it. DJ Amy Lauren on socials and you'll find the dates as and when you can announce them. That yeah. makes sense. No, that makes sense to me. Oh. Uh, Dips, I know you're, uh, you're kind of Upminster way um, and such and, you know, DJ for data transmission as well. Whereabouts can we find you on stage and online? Uh, online is at Dips Mystery on the socials. Um, my brand you can follow is House Anthems. It's a brand that supports all the artists, uh, giving them platform to play with guest mixes, exclusive mixes. If they're producing, um, they'll have uh, first dibs on first uh, airplays and stuff. So you can follow that at the House Anthems uh, across Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, and it was I had uh, Amy Lauren actually. I worked with Amy a couple of months ago. She was on. Uh, as well with the House Anthems brand. So thanks, Amy. I appreciate that. You're check welcome. Out, check, out, check out the Instagram for all the details on that. You can scroll back, of course, and see it. Uh, and any dates in the diary yet, Dips? Yeah, so the next one will be 26th of June. It's uh, for a new record label called uh, A-Side, B-Side. Um, and they're doing a launch party. Scott Diaz is headlining, and there'll be uh, many other DJs alongside. So I'll be there Beautiful. 26th of June in Kentish Town. Um, from six o'clock. Nice, nice. And Tyler, I know you're Harlow Way, you're Harlow based. Um, I know you do a show on uh, Vibesolate uh, FM every Friday. Oh, you know me too well. Yeah, that's me. Done the research. <laughs> I've done the research. My homework has been completed. Take it off the list. Yeah, everyone can catch me mostly on Instagram, on SoundCloud. Um, but like Amy said, I'm literally everywhere. But I better spell it out for you because it's not a normal Tyler T. It's spelled T-H-A-I-L-A-H. So I like Thailand. And um, I've got a few events coming up. But the one I'm most excited about is the one with my own event, which I'm starting. It's the launch day. It's That's going to be on the 31st of July. So we're definitely going to be throwing some illegal shapes there. 
Excellent. <laughs> like you said, but um, you can catch that on, um, it's called The Hub. So it's The Hub underscore LDN on Instagram. So if you want to party, you know where to go. There you go. You've got it. You've got it here first on BBC Essex. Let it be known. <laughs> um, and before you all dash, before I let you go, I do have to ask you the same question I asked. Yes, I'll set the scene for you. It's first gig back, full of people. The lights are down, the warm-up's done, the crowd are simmering. Ready for that first track. What is it, Tyler? Oh, it's, it's Take It, Dom Dolla. I love Dom Dolla. It's got to be the little simpy sounds. Oh, I love it. Nice. <laughs> Dips, first track? It's got to be uh, MK Nightcrawler's 95 Double Doom Mix. Ooh, he's making a face next door. He's happy with that. Uh, and Amy, what's the first track? Oh, do you know what? Um got to be noisy summer 91 nice i am <laughs> desperate to hear it <laughs> oh, i tell you a little 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 in if you haven't listened to the show much in the past producer adam is a massive dance music fan and he is impressed with all of those choices uh amy lauren dips mystery tyler t thank you so much for chatting with us tonight about the future of djing it is in good good hands and the future is looking very very exciting please go and see shows uh, as and when you get a chance to it will be something electric guys stay safe look after yourselves and let's catch up soon yeah and you yes. <laughs>